I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 21, Texas. Texas shot 70% in the first half. If you're not good with percentages, they made seven out of every 10 baskets in the first half. And that's great in basketball. That's great in baseball. If you make if seven out of every 10 possessions in football, you score a touchdown. You're amazing at football. Bowling. You're not very good at bowling if you're seven out of every 10. Seven out of every 10 strikes, you're still not like the best. Basketball, that's amazing. If you're on the other side of that, it's horrifying. Texas ended up shooting 54% for the game. So credit to them, also credit to our defense. Texas made 14 threes. They shot 54% from the three-point line. Texas beat West Virginia in Morgantown, and they were not very good at threes that day. Texas loses the day to West Virginia, spoiler alert, and they made 14 threes. One guy made seven of those threes. So you have one guy who scores seven threes, a lot of dunks, a lot of layups by Texas to get to that 70% in the first half and 54% for the game. One guy made seven threes. Coleman and Sims combined shot 15 of 18. So they shot 18 times. They only missed three times. So that's high volume, high percentage shooting. (laughs) West Virginia got out-rebounded. Texas had nine more assists. Texas was up 19 with a little over 18 minutes left. Texas was up 10 with a little over 10 minutes left. All that's true. What's also true is that Texas shot four of 10 from the free throw line. So West Virginia loses in double overtime the last game. The team they played shot 10 free throws and made them all. Texas shot 40% from the free throw line. That's not good. They missed the front end of a one-and-one in the last few seconds, which is beneficial to West Virginia. Texas guards wanted to fight each other. (laughs) They're up 14, and the guys, a couple of guys are at each other. In a, like, somebody had to hold somebody back. Shot Robot, Taz, and Deuce went 14 of 15 from the free throw line. So, West Virginia got to the line today, and they made free throws today. And for the second time this season, this isn't normal. Coming back from 19-point second-half deficits, it should be like, remember that one time? West Virginia has now done that twice in the same season. 
come back from 19 down in the second half to win on the road. Not only is it two 19-point comebacks in the second half, both times it happened away from Morgantown, which is amazing and crazy. And it was a total team effort today. Deuce was solid. He had a three to tie the game to almost complete the comeback. But Gabe throws it out to Deuce. He makes a three to tie it late. Taz, still not there, still missing shots, but he made all of his free throws, a lot of them late in the game. Derek Culver made more than half of his free throws. He did well today. He he wasn't shooting the ball great. But again, plenty of chances at the free throw line shot more than 50%. We had an aggressive Emmett Matthews Jr. sighting. 14 points, 7 rebounds. In the first half, he tried to change. <laughs> not only try to change a person's life in a negative way, but also like tried to change the rotation of the earth. He did not succeed in his dunk, but he tried. And if he would have made it, it legit, it might've changed. It might've, we might've started spring if he would have made that dunk and everybody would have been thrilled for the dunk and also thrilled for weather just by one dunk in Austin, Texas. But when, because he attempted that, you know you've got aggressive Emmett Matthews Jr. He led the team in rebounding today. Jalen Bridges, he had two three-pointers that he attempted. He made both of them. Gabe made a foul shot. And had the, he brought back the triple pump, make a shot, got fouled. Shot Robot, he sat most of the first half in foul trouble. He's been hot as of late. Sat, comes in the second half, and fuels the rally. He has a couple of threes. He makes some tough mid-range shots. He made three free throws in the last few minutes. Got fouled behind the line and made all the free throws. Shot Robot fueled the comeback. With his, with I mean, he's just on a tear. He's really making up for the first part of the season in the last few games. There was a Taj Thweet signing. Uh, signing. There was a Taj Thweet signing. Sinny Injai. Both of those guys played minutes in the first half. Huggins. They got killed in the first half. Again, they gave up 70% shooting. Huggins probably had... Um, some choice words at halftime, one could guess. Second half, he moved to a matchup zone, and it slowed Texas down. They got some turnovers, got some stops. You need stops when you're making a comeback. Huggins did it today by moving the guys to zone. And so from coaches to the players, total team effort, five guys in double figures. And so after the win today, West Virginia goes 3-1. and one. In their mini gauntlet, it was six games against consecutive ranked teams. Drops to four. They go three and one in the mini gauntlet. And we've got two overlapping gauntlets. So this three-game road trip 
started today. So they're one and zero on their road trip. And West Virginia has now won five true road wins in a row. Huggins has never done that at West Virginia. We're in unprecedented territory with five true road wins. One could argue that has something to do with pandemic, but it also has to do with the team. You got to go in and win. You got to travel. You're going into the central time zone. They did it. And they've done five in a row. That's amazing. And so all that can be true. And yet West Virginia could have lost this game. (laughs) either by not coming back or just they had some things go their way that Texas helped them out. You know? I mean, (laughs) the first game versus Texas, Jones had a wide open three with two seconds left. He made it. Texas wins. Cut to today, Greg Brown, who scored zero points. But he was so wide open in the corner with 90 seconds left, I actually screamed at the at the TV five seconds before it happened. Like, oh, please, somebody guard that guy. Nobody did. He got the ball wide open, corner three, and he missed it. Then Andrew Jones once again has a wide open three. Three seconds left. He verbally called game, and he missed it. Made it in Morgantown, missed it today. And West Virginia, not great in their last two possessions. Next to last possession, ended in an air ball, shot clock violation. And then the last possession, shot Robont, turned it over, and then fouled the guy. And Texas was in the bonus. So they're up to... Texas at the line. If he makes those two shots, it's tied. So West Virginia got some help. And now they've won five road games in a row. So not to throw water on today, because it's amazing. All road wins are awesome. To do it five times in a row in conference is unbelievable. It really is like high level wins, okay? So all that to say, West Virginia is now 71st in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Pomeroy. And so that's there's 350, 360 teams. So it's not like bottom of the barrel defense, but it's not elite defense. And to compare, since Huggins has been in Morgantown coaching WVU, there's only been three other seasons where West Virginia has had worse defensive efficiency. Two of those times, you can guess, were in the two seasons that Huggins had a losing record. And then one was a season after a losing record. I look back, Ken Pomeroy goes back to 2002, There's only been two teams with a defensive efficiency in the 70s or worse that made it to the Final Four, okay? These are the outliers. Dwayne Wade and Marquette in 2003, 
and Shaka Smart was involved with the other one, the VCU team that made it to the Final Four in 2011. So how did they overcome their not elite defense? Well, Marquette was second in offense in the country in 2003. And then there's really no statistical (laughs) reasoning for how VCU did it. You can't explain it. It is for the person who doesn't really buy into analytics, you would point to VCU and say, hey, what did your numbers say about how VCU made it to the Final Four? And from the numbers, I don't know how they did it. (laughs) They weren't elite at offense, and they weren't elite at defense, and yet, and they didn't win their conference tournament. They lost 11 games in the Atlantic 10 and yet still won four games in the NCAA tournament. They barely made it in, made it to the final four. So 70 out of 72 final four teams had better defenses, according to Ken Pomeroy's analytics than this West Virginia team. Just to give you an idea, like it's just not, You can't be Final Four, go deep into the tournament with this type of defense. That being said, John Beeline, when he was here at West Virginia in 2005, that team was 88th in defensive efficiency. But like this 2021 team, they shot the three-pointer well. Like this year's team, the 2005 team, held on to the ball. They didn't turn the ball over. Like today versus Texas, you know John Beeline, their teams weren't great at defense, but they could mix in a zone to get some stops. Today was a matchup zone in 2005. It was that 1-3-1 defense. And so John Beeline's 2005 team, we all know what happened. That team beat Chris Paul and Wake Forest in double overtime and got to overtime in the Elite Eight game. That team had a big first half lead and could have made it to the Final Four, lost to Louisville in overtime. But they were almost there. So that's your comparable, (laughs) is do those things well Get stops when you need to. And so this team has proven they can make second half road comebacks. So in in the words of Kevin Garnett, anything's possible. Amazing win. Again, random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime Creative Group. Full service graphic shop. Veteran owned. Family owned. They're putting designs on things. They're creating designs and then putting them on things. They'll put it on a t-shirt and usually that's like ink. They'll put it on a sticker and that's, I don't know how that works, magic. They have a new way they can put your design on something. Embroidery. 
it's new to Dire Prime. It's not new, like, the idea of embroidery. But, like, a polo shirt with your design stitched in with thousands of stitches to create your logo stitched into a polo shirt, a hat. Doesn't that sound neat? Dire Prime can tell you more if you call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web, direprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dire Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. As I mentioned earlier, two Texas players got heated with each other early in the second half. And the argument was over based on me watching in Nitro, West Virginia. It looked like Andrew Jones missed a defensive assignment because Sean McNeil was wide open in the corner. Again, it, it doesn't just happen to West Virginia. Texas allowed a wide-open corner three from one of the hottest shooters on the team. And so when the timeout came on, uh, Ramey said something to Andrew Jones, and he had to be (laughs) restrained. They were very heated. Texas wasn't the same after that. We all saw that and understand it, and the play-by-play guy and and Fran, they did a good job of talking about that and mentioning that as a turning point. And you can't deny that that's the case. How that, however, in the moment when it was happening, I didn't think it was a bad thing. <laughs> and all I'm saying here, and I'm wrong. I was wrong in the moment that that was a turning point. I guess what I'm saying is the guy cared. (laughs) The guy cared about the other guy leaving somebody wide open. And Huggins has been asking, you know, he's, he's been, he's mentioned in a previous post game conference of like, I've had guys, these guys don't care about getting beat on defense like other guys that have been that I've coached. Uh, they took it personal. And obviously, <laughs> the guys for Texas, one guy for Texas took it personal today that another guy uh, left shot robot wide open in the corner. What West Virginia does, sometimes you, you get a mix of things. You get some defeated body language, like the, the slumped over shoulders. Sometimes you get some pointing. Sometimes you get a lot of the, the pleading hands, you know, like hands to the side, like, what is going on? And, you know, there's a range of emotions. There's indifference. And then there's wanting to fight your teammate over getting <laughs> over missing a defensive si- assignment. West Virginia does some things, so it's not like they're indifferent. However, let's get closer to the wanting to fight each other. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Again, I was wrong in the moment. My wife's looking at me like, that's that you shouldn't do that. I was like, I bet. 
I'm not against this. I wish we were more like this. But I don't want our guys to fight each other (laughs) during the game. Other thing, hey, Big 12. I understand it's a pandemic. Big 12 conference. And I understand that most of the schools in the conference are in areas dealing with catastrophic weather events. I mean, the pictures and the videos coming out of Texas in this in this winter storm time, you know, water pipes busting, ceiling fans with like icicles coming off of it, the water supplies messed up, electricity's down. It's crazy. Basketball, you know, a reasonable per, reasonable person could argue that West Virginia shouldn't have taken a plane to Texas during this kind of weather event and played a basketball game. One could argue that, and I could hear that argument. So it's it's listen, we're living in crazy times, Big Twelve Conference, and I get that. But practically, you have decided to play. College basketball this year, all right? We're in. Everybody's in. And we're all doing our best, right? I think of that. I think we're all doing our best. However, as of this recording, I'm saying however a lot in this podcast. I apologize. There are two and a half weeks until the Big 12 tournament. So that's like, you know, 17 days. And... The Big 12 has 16 scheduled games left, all right? And then they have, by my count, 15 games that have been postponed. Selfishly, I know for West Virginia, West Virginia has three games that have been postponed. All three games are home games. Baylor has six postponed games. TCU has five. Texas and Texas Tech each have four. Every team in the Big 12 Conference, except for Kansas, has postponed games that haven't been rescheduled. I'm a rational man. Should Baylor, coming off of a COVID break, be asked to play nine games in roughly two weeks? That doesn't sound good for Baylor. I can't imagine you'll do that, Big 12. I also can't imagine that you're not trying to figure out a a game plan here. But you've said absolutely nothing. And just logistically, looking at a calendar, we're running out of time here. You got to say something. Say where you're at in the process. Say things that we know. Just say something. One could argue there's bad planning involved to get you into this situation. I'm not saying that. I'm not blaming you. Again, pandemic. Hard to plan in a pandemic. All right? But just say something. Just like just say, "Hey, we know this is crazy. We know whatever we decide is not going to please everyone, but we're trying to figure it out. Hang in there with us, and as soon as we can figure it out, given the information that we have right now, we'll let you all know what we're going to do. But the silence makes me think that you aren't trying to figure it out. 
And that can't be true, right, Big 12 Conference? So, yes, pandemic. Yes, weather event. Yes, you don't know what the weather's going to be like in the next two weeks. Lord forbid, you know? But just say something. Try to plan something. Even if you got to take it back, just, just throw something out there. Just so I have the impression that you're trying to figure this out. All right? I appreciate you, Big 12 Conference. <laughs> Final thoughts coming up. This episode of Unreasonable Down is brought to you by Kind Bar. And you got to have a Kind Bar. Have you never had one? They're awesome. They're good for breakfast. They're good for a late afternoon snack. All those nuts. I like the ones with the coconut in them. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients. Kindness can be a transformative force for good. And that is why I am teaming up with Kind Bars and Podgo to bring my listeners 10 or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash kind to get 10 or 15% off for those groups. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at UnreasonableDoubtWV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for West Virginia is Tuesday. They're staying in Texas. 7 p.m. Go figure. Don't have to get back to Morgantown quick. So, hey, let's let's throw in a 7 p.m. game now. ESPN 2, Tuesday, 7 p.m. In Fort Worth against Texas Christian University. First time West Virginia's played TCU. This season, TCU lost to Kansas State today. You remember Kansas State. They're bad. TCU lost to that bad team at home today on their ridiculous lizard skin court. It's ridiculous. So TCU, 11-9 on the season, 4-7 in conference play. Iowa State, they're the worst team in the Big 12. And that's saying something because Kansas State, they're not good either. They're the ninth best team in the conference. And then TCU firmly in the eighth position in the conference. TCU. So that's who West Virginia is going to play. TCU's not very good. However, again with the however, West Virginia has lost their last three in Fort Worth on that scaly court. West Virginia just won a 19-point comeback victory. 
TCU is coming off a terrible loss at home. Baylor, knock on wood, is next. So this could be a trap game. It could be a letdown game. Let's just be careful here. And by us, I mean WVU. Be careful. This one may get tricky. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Or they'll just win their sixth true road win in a row. (laughs) I mean, they won five in a row. Why not six, right? That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Press the subscribe button. If it doesn't say subscribe and it says follow, hit that button. That helps me. It might help you if you like this podcast. It'll automatically download to your device if you hit the subscribe button. But you're definitely helping me. So subscribe. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. What a crazy season. In this crazy 2020-2021 season, West Virginia is 15 and 6.